that talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Another busy day in the Big Ten on this Monday. We're recording this for our daily Tuesday podcast, our Cleveland.com crew. I am Nathan Barrett. I'm here with Stephen Means. Doug Maurice taking a, a, a week off, uh, unless something big breaks, and then he'll jump back in, swooping in like Superman like he always does. Um, do you get, is, that the super, is that the superhero you think Doug would want to be most? Actually, it'd probably be like the Avengers or the, uh, the uh, uh, Incredibles, right? Like something Disney. It'd have to be something Disney, right? I mean, if you want to go down that route, yeah, I would have Superman just because Superman's pretty much perfect, and I know Doug thinks he's pretty much perfect. So. Well, but also, but also, Superman's alter ego was Clark Kent, the mild-mannered reporter. Oh wait, that doesn't work. He's not, um, he's not mild-mannered though. <laughs> he's Doug, a reporter, but he's not mild-mannered. Doug, Doug's favorite part about um, being on vacation is in we just talked about him on the podcast all week, and he's probably sitting yeah. somewhere right now just spitting nails. Um, but Doug yeah. was doing some great work. I've had a lot of uh, – the past month has been busy for me at a time when it was, like, really inconvenient for a reporter on this beat to be busy. And Doug has done great work and has been uh, kicking ass and uh, has broke some big stories or, or at least some big pieces of information. And um, I really appreciated the work he did. So he deserves this week off, and we're going to try to do our best without him. It's been, like I said, another busy day, though. A lot of stuff to talk about. I asked our texters to send us what their preferred plan for the Big Ten season is at this point. Not what you think the Big Ten should have done at the beginning, but now, sitting here on August 31st, you're listening to September 1st, but recording August 31st, what should they do now based on what's ahead of us, based on what this calendar says, based on what we know now about COVID-19 compared to what we did on August 11th when they shut this whole thing down. We're going to get to those answers later on in the podcast. We're going to get to Stephen and our, I'm, I giving our answers later on in the podcast. We want to talk about some of the other developments in the Big Ten today. And the big one happened um, right as I was heading out the door to do some uh, gardening, which was a whole fiasco we're not even going to get into today. But I'm, I'm lucky to be alive, frankly. Um, but right as I was walking out the door to go do that, um, news breaks of uh, people probably saw last week, Nebraska players filed a lawsuit. The big 10 had until I think it was 6 PM Eastern today to respond to that, that, uh, motion for discovery. And they responded in a pretty emphatic way. One of the things that the Nebraska players lawsuit had asked for was the results of the big 10 vote and kind of what the procedure was, was what was the procedure? What, what were the big 10 rules that led up to this? And the Big Ten announced or, or revealed in this brief, I should say, that it was an 11 to 3 vote, which is a tally that we had heard early on in the process, right? That was like something that was out there. Was it 11 to 3, mm -hmm. 12 to 2 was kind of one of those numbers out there. Um, later reporting, I think the first person who reported it was Adam Rittenberg from ESPN saying that Ohio State, Nebraska, and Iowa were the three votes against canceling, which was like the most obvious revelation of the year. And I think he even said that in his tweet. And that the Big Ten said that there was a 60% threshold on based on its internal rules that it needed to vote to cancel the season, which means it needed nine votes and it got 11. So that kind of – that backs up, if true, backs up what Kevin Warren had said about there being an overwhelming majority of the presidents and chancellors voting to cancel the season. 
along with the brief that was filed, Warren and the Northwestern president, whose name is escaping me right now, but who is the chair of the Council of Presidents and Chancellors in the Big Ten, who ultimately made the vote and made the decision. Um, they both signed sworn affidavits. So, Stephen, I guess when you saw this news today, um, I was a little skeptical that anything even of this substance was going to come out, that I thought maybe the Big Ten would stonewall. But I also think that there was enough here. They're not, they weren't revealing who voted how. It makes sense that that was going to get out. And again, I think we all could have done the math. Once we saw there were three, we knew who two of the three were for sure. And I think Iowa was a third, a good third guess. So, but I also think that now looking back on it, when you see this, this seems to be what the, the Nebraska case was getting at was like, well, prove to us that you even had a vote and that, that that vote means anything. And the Big Ten kind of responding saying that. Were you, what did you think when you saw that, that vote come out today? One, I'm not surprised by the result there because, I mean, just based off who's, you know, throwing out the most shade, it's Ohio State, Iowa, and Nebraska. Those were the, the three teams who basically represented the parents at, at the Big Ten protest in Chicago, and they're the, still the three teams who are doing a lot, you know, to try to reverse this decision. But I, I think what's interesting is the fact that uh, it was the Minnesota's president who came out and said that there wasn't a vote. It was just – you know, they just came so there to an was, agreement or something like that. There was some very um, confusing rhetoric that was coming out of a couple of places. The uh, the Penn State athletic director was the first one, or actually, I think maybe I think the Minnesota president was the first yeah. one who said it. And then, if, and that kind of didn't get a lot of attention. And then a few days later, Penn State's Penn president State, and yeah. a much more because, or Penn State's athletic director, I should say, Sandy Barber, she was the one who said, um, "I'm not sure there was a vote either." which again, to me always had, that always told me more about the relationship the Penn State yeah. AD and principal or president had more than it did about anything that was happening inside the rest of the Big Ten. Um, but yes, there was definitely some confusing rhetoric about what had actually taken place in terms of a vote. I was one of the people of, on the side of, I don't know that it necessarily needed to be an actual vote, but this is now, I mean, the, when the Big Ten made its initial announcement, it didn't, I guess, actually specify a vote, but it Kevin Warren reiterated that on the August 19th letter where he kind of went the one where he said, this will not be revisited. He said there was a vote then. And then today this court filing sworn affidavits saying again, yes, there was a vote and this is what it was. Yeah. So regarding, I mean, Penn state's 80 and president, I'm, I'd be interested to see how many other, you know, schools in the big 10 have a similar relationship with their eight between their 80 and president where it is be a lack of communication. Cause I'm pretty sure Gene knew there was a vote. I'm pretty sure Christina M. Johnson let him know what was going on. So it'd be interesting to see how many other schools don't have that type of relationship where they know that information to the point that they're on record saying that I don't think there was a vote and not just, you know, keeping that to themselves. But no, I mean, it's not surprising. I think it's not necessarily putting out a fire, but it's maybe shutting some people up with one of the many issues around the Big Ten's decision. It's, you know, well, you can speculate that they just kind of all come to an agreement. What was the vote? Okay, now we know that. Cool. At least that's done. And now they can move on to whatever the next step in all this is, whether that's meeting with the parents and the coaches on how they came to this decision, whether that's coming up for when they're going to actually play the season, whatever. But at least they, I guess, if you want to call it a win because they were able to shut some people up who didn't think there was a vote, I, I guess you can chalk one up to the Big Ten in that sense. 
Well, the win will come depending on what this means in terms of, I guess, this lawsuit. This, um, you know, the, the Omaha World Herald did some some really good reporting. They got a co- copy of the brief. I have not actually read the brief in full. I've read the reporting that people have done about the brief. Um, there was a there was a line in there that the the, the Big Ten's argument, um, a couple of like really pointed barbs that were in here from from in terms of a legal brief. Um, but one line uh, the the Big Ten wrote quote, this is a discovery motion in search of a case where basically their their contention was they filed this lawsuit, the Nebraska players, this is the Big Ten contending that Nebraska filed this lawsuit trying to get all this information from us, but there's not really an underlying real legal case to be made for the things that they're asking for as far as overturning the decision and all that stuff. They basically, they just wanted the information. They wanted either for a blame game or you could you could say for accountability, maybe that was their motivation, but that they wanted that vote for that reason. So getting back to the presidents and chancellors, and, and I've been accused of being some kind of a Kevin Warren defender, which in terms of the, the PR standpoint, I'm not. They, they absolutely botched this eight ways from Sunday in terms of the rollout. And really, I would even say that the decision should have been – I still would have, would have voted for a, a less final decision at that point. However, seeing now that there's an 11 to 3 vote, seeing that there were that these these rules set up as far as what the vote had to be, all of that. The, the other big thing was that one of the things that was contended in the Nebraska lawsuit was that this was uh, that the decision was based on I think I'm paraphrasing here, but one one flawed medical study and the Big 10 threw that back and said no, there were actually two different medical groups advising us. They were made up of medical personnel from all 14 Big Ten schools, or at least one of them was, the task force that we know about. And I believe the other one was also heavily from other schools, a a lot of schools collaborating. So I guess my point is, shouldn't keep the blame on Kevin Warren for the way that this was rolled out. But as far as the decision, shouldn't this take some of the villainy off of Kevin Warren and put it on the presidents and chancellors? Like if, if the big ten, if the Ohio state presidents want answers right now, or the Ohio state parents, I should say, if the Ohio state parents group wants answers, shouldn't their next um, protest be held in like Champaign or Minneapolis or college park? Like, shouldn't it be at the, at the doorstep of the administrative building there and ask the people for answers who actually voted in favor of canceling the season. Don't, I mean, I feel like those individual people owe as much as Kevin Warren who didn't make the final decision. They do, but that's, it's not sports are at their only job. And so it's hard to do. You're right. They do deserve some of the blame for that. All of it shouldn't be on Kevin Warren, but the college sports is all of Kevin Warren's job and college sports are a small percentage of a president's job. And so they're thinking about the university as a whole, while Kevin Warren only has to think about sports. And I think the fact that there's no plan yet is not helping his case right now. But also, he's the Big Ten commissioner. It's his job to take some of this blame. Just like if he comes up with a great idea, he'll probably get the most – he's the quarterback. You get the most blame and you get the most credit whether you deserve it or not. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there was a lot of this that was that was uh, uh, done, done poorly. And whatever the next thing is, he has to do it well. Um, he hasn't bought himself much, uh, um, much room for error here. So the next thing he's got, he's got to plan it deep. And that's what we're going to get to talking about on the, the next plan. Um, one thing also I wanted to throw out there though. And, and I, again, I think it's about we're, Ohio state parents were asked, you know, are you guys going to file a lawsuit too? You saw what happened with Nebraska. And there was uh, Amanda Babb, who's the, the, the chair of the, um, the, the, the board chair for the 
football parents at Ohio State said that, well, yeah, some, some, we're not like talking about it seriously, but some parents have thrown that out. I really don't know that this litigation thing is going to get going. I said that the day that it was filed. Um, I, one of the things that was in the Big Ten brief today, um, this is a quote again from what the World Herald reported. The Big Ten opposes this motion, not because of concern as to what its internal documents will show, but because it is an unwarranted intrusion into legitimate deliberative process of a nonprofit decision-making body that should not be permitted. I know we don't get into much legalese on this uh, podcast, but I, I, I was having a conversation with one of our texters today. I think it was Chip Munn. Um, and who, who had kind of pointed that out because in the original filing or the original arguments last Friday, somebody from the Big Ten lawyer had said something about the, the, this would do great harm or irreparable harm or something like that. And I think people were taking that to mean that the Big Ten was saying, if you find out what we did, that will be big harm to us. What the Big Ten was saying is if, if now, if people get to come in and, and, um, and look behind the curtain of every single decision we make and and look at what the vote and the deliberations were of every single decision we make. Um, I mean, this isn't a school board. This isn't a um, a public body like that. It's not. It's a nonprofit, but it's a it's a it's a it's just a an organization. It's just a private organization. And I think that's what they're beginning at. Is it the legal legally that that's not there isn't a legal basis to allow that. And so that's, I think that's probably, you're probably going to see that this, what we learned today might be the, all that comes out of this Nebraska case. Yeah. I that agree. wasn't really a question, <laughs> yeah. but that's for people who are waiting to kind of see where this leads us. I think that today is where it led us. And I, I, I don't know what the resolution is going to be beyond that, but I would be surprised if it results in um, major additional repercussions for the big 10. I think um, that, I think this is probably silences it, but it does, again, it, it puts some focus back on the presidents and chancellors. And I think that if there are parent groups at Wisconsin or um, Michigan state or Rutgers who are really up in arms about the season being canceled, they, they're the ones who need to hold their, their president and, and chancellor to the fire and say, why did you make the decision when you did? Why did you cancel when you did as opposed to waiting? Um, but we're not really, it, it really has been more. It's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen either. Yeah, I think that's, that's not going to happen. So I, we can put two and two together on who we think voted which way. It's really not that hard if you think about it for all of 15 seconds. But also of the things that I guarantee you that these presidents and chancellors are thinking about right now, a fall football season is at the bottom of that list, you know, with everything going on right now. So that's not going to happen. So we, we got to move on at some point. We are moving on right now to uh, the other news from this weekend. And we're not going to go in depth on this because, um, you know, we've reported on it, the, the shooting in, uh, the, uh, involving Ohio State defensive lineman Haskell Garrett over the weekend. Um, we reported the details that were in the, you know, or initial police press release. And then today there were additional details that um, he told police. He kind of walked up on a fight that was happening, an argument that was happening. He said something. It was a man and a woman. He says that he said something to this man about not to get in a fight with this woman. I, I you know, something along those lines. And then that the man just turned and shot him in the face, and he ended up with a, a gunshot wound through both cheeks. So um, obviously a really scary incident. Police are still investigating that. So I don't know that there's a lot for us to to say about this, other than. Um, you know, maybe you have a different perspective. I mean, you, you grew up around here. I don't know that area. Well, that area of Columbus, um, that area around what is it like Chittenden and Grant East 11th, that kind of yeah. area. Um, but it's not too far from where I was living before I moved to this apartment, I guess. Um, it's just, it's, 
I, to me, it just, it was just one of those things that scary stuff happens, man. And it's kind of a nightmare scenario. I think we've all wondered like what happens when you walk up on someone on a dark street in the middle of the night. And um, we don't know all the details. Again, we just know what, what Haskell Garrett told police, but um, one of those calls that I think everybody probably is scared that they get some, some point in their life in the middle of the night. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Um, I pray he has a you know, speedy recovery. It really sucks that it happened. I just hope that nobody tries to turn this into it. Well, you know, if, if we were playing football, things like this would happen. This is not a COVID situation. This is just a human being had something terrible happen to him. So this could happen 365 days a year. It could happen yeah. in Columbus. It could happen in Las Vegas, where he's from. It could happen um you know probably not so much where i grew i grew up in the bean field but like you know any any real city this is the kind of thing that sometimes happens so um yeah obviously our best to haskell garrett and and on a quick recovery and um just yeah just a a scary incident and we hope he gets better so that kind of wraps up the news i think for today we're going to take a break here we're going to come back steven and i are going to give you our preferred plans what we think the big 10 should do and then in the, the last uh, segment, we're going to delve into what I thought were some more of the creative ideas that came out of our texters from uh, this past weekend. So uh, stick around for Buckeye Talk. All right, we're back. Steven, you and I were tasked with the same thing that the texters were, which is what plan would you come up with right now? So I guess the question that um, – for me, it was like I almost started with what I didn't want. I took away the things that I didn't want and then saw what that left. And is that the best scenario? So I guess what was kind of your process? What, what was the most important things for you as far as what the Big Ten should be considering right now to come up with a plan for the football schedule? Uh, three things were most important. One, I had to throw out the idea of them competing in a college football playoff because it's not happening. Okay. It's not – it's not something that's going to happen this year. And so you have to throw that out. You can't have that hope in there of, oh, let's start in this month or in this week because then we can play catch-up and, you know, have a chance to play in the playoffs this year. Ohio State is not playing in the playoff this year. Oregon is not either. Pac-12 and Big Ten teams are not playing in the playoff. So you have to come to that reality before you start anything because if not, it's going to screw up the entire way you do this. That's one. Two, I wanted to create as much of a bubble as possible without – in a natural way without having to force it. So then the NCAA can still keep that, you know, facade of they're still student athletes and are not professionals. And so if you do it at a time where it's maybe a bubble effect anyway, you can kind of get away with it. Minute three, I wanted to leave as much space, uh, space as possible between draft prep and when the season would actually end so that guys like Justin Fields and Wyatt Davis and maybe Sean Wade, but probably most likely not. If Randy's listening to this, he's probably yelling, nope, Sean Wade's not playing. But guys like Josh Myers, Chris Olave could have enough time to where if they really wanted to play another season at Ohio State, they could play it and still have enough time to recover from that season and get ready for the draft. So I think I know where you're going with this. I do. Before we get to that, I, I am curious. Did you think about the fall of 2021 and what that needs to be or what you want that to be and what that means for what you try to do right now with the schedule for what's left of 2020. Yeah, a little bit. I, I came to the terms of the fact that whatever the start date is for what is it for the first game of fall 2021, you're probably going to have to move that back two or three weeks anyway. Um, I tried to make it so that pushback is not a month. And I think I did a pretty good job of, you know, making sure that, 
if things can get back to normal in the real world, that things can get back to normal in college football as well in 2021 without too much of a hiccup. So it sounds like you may have been leaning towards something like the Thanksgiving plan that was leaking out late last week. Is that a fair thing to say? Yes. I'm just going to get into it because I got really excited about it. And I think somebody should hire me to do it. Um, I don't have, I've got no free time, but I'll do it for a million dollars. So I would start either the week, the Saturday after Thanksgiving or December 5th, which is the first weekend in December, which is basically the next week. That gives you enough time between, you know, let's just say next Monday and the start of the season to get guys prepped, to go through these different stages that you have to go through within a preseason camp of helmets only, then shoulder pads only, then full pads, and then hitting. But also, you know, it gives you enough time to kind of figure out COVID a little bit more, right? If, you know, somebody catches COVID, well, they didn't catch it in the middle of the season, so you can quarantine them and do all the necessary things you need to do to get them back on the field so that by the time you get to the season, you know, things are kind of up and running and you're in a groove a little bit. So, like, just look at the NBA. This is what they did. 14 weeks, 14 days of quarantine, and then they started maybe two weeks of practicing, and then they got into the season. So, that by now, now they're in a groove of how they're doing things, and they've had zero positive tests of COVID the entire time they've been down there. I'm not saying it's going to be that perfect, but the idea of no one is on campus but players, just like it would be in a normal season in December, because Ohio State would be preparing for a bowl game, and students would be at home because finals would be over. So, you don't have to worry about that. So, there's your manufactured bubble. So, now – Everybody plays eight games, and I have some sites. I have three dome sites, so they're all neutral sites. I have Indianapolis, Detroit, and Minnesota. You play all the Big Ten any game any game that is a Big Ten East game team against a Big Ten East team. You play in Indianapolis. Big Ten West teams against Big Ten West teams play in Minnesota, and then you have all the crossover games at Detroit. And you play two games at each site each week, which means there's two teams who are on a bye each week. So now you've got basically what nine or ten weeks to play eight games for everybody else. And you can close out the season on January 23rd with a Big Ten championship game. And then to either January 30th or February 6th, you can have a Big, 12, Big Ten versus Pac-12 champion. They play each other in the Rose Bowl, and that's how you get it. And by February 6th, maybe you leave a little bit of room for yourself, so maybe it goes into the next week, February 13th. But the idea is by mid-February, the season is done. Why is that preferable to you over – just waiting until after even if, if you're not gonna be in the college football playoff why is it preferable to not just wait until after that playoff happens or maybe it doesn't happen we still don't know yeah. but wait until then and then start a season or start in january like ryan day had initially proposed because that shouldn't matter when you're thinking about this and so yeah you're gonna have some fans when you know ohio state's maybe playing its fourth game of the seat of their regular season and let's just say the other three conferences get through a, a smooth season and have a playoff, there's going to be a week where we're writing the story of while Ohio State's preparing to play Indiana in the fourth week of the season, Clemson and Alabama are preparing to play each other in the college football. But yeah, that story's going to happen fine, and people are going to get upset about that. But you can't think about that while you're making a decision. So playing it after or playing it during, either way, you're not playing in the playoff. So there's no point of waiting it around, and you want to give yourself as much elbow room as possible to allow Justin Fields to feel like, hmm, I can do this and still do draft prep without having to sacrifice one or the other because we know which one he's going to sacrifice the closer he gets to the NFL draft. So I went kind of the complete opposite way. Um, <laughs> Ooh, this is good, so, good, good. Now we can I, have a – So I had – well, a couple of things. So for me, I, I thought about Thanksgiving. 
I, I, I understand why people like it better maybe than January. By the way, none of our texters liked it. I don't think there were hardly, there was very little support for starting a season at Thanksgiving. There was very little support when I talked to the uh, Ohio State parents last week. And we had heard that within Ohio State's program, there was some support for it because they think it makes it even more likely that some of these NFL bound guys might stick around and play than it would if you waited till January. But I think the biggest deterrent that people have for it is that it doesn't get you in the the playoff. And I know you're saying that that shouldn't be a factor. Um, I tend to think it shouldn't, if, if you're making a medical decision, then whether or not Ohio state can win a national championship shouldn't be a factor either. But I also think that if, if you're doing the prudent thing right now, you would create a schedule that would put that option on the table. I may have cheated a little bit, but since I'm, I'm kind of in the role of Doug, and I feel like I, I can do that um, a little bit. I also said uh, no domes, and my reason was I, I understand why that's been floated out there, especially in terms of the winter season. That by, I, know, I know why people are saying, well, if you're going to start playing in January and February, put everybody in domes because nobody wants to be outside in Minnesota and Wisconsin and Michigan and Ohio even in January and February. My thing is, though, the, you've got – my, I'm going to be a pretty tight schedule when, when you see what I came up with. And you're trying to make as much money as you can off of the media rights here. And I feel like the facility rental to get the domes, the traveling that both teams would be doing in order to go to the domes for every single game. I know one team would have to travel for all games, but then both teams traveling for all these games. I just, I don't know that I see the point of that expense and in the back of my mind, yes, there, there are some things that go along with the travel and related to the pandemic and that being a, a possible issue. So I, I kind of nixed that from my thinking too. So here's what I came up with. December 12th, I've worked backwards. December 12th, Big Ten Championship game. The college football playoff makes its decision on December 20th. Give yourself another week of leeway in case you need to push things back. Schedule the Big Ten Championship game for December 12th. And then count forward nine weeks from there forward. You play only division games. So a six-game schedule over nine weeks. So starting October 10th, you would play a nine-week, a six-game, nine-week schedule. You'd have three bye weeks mixed in there for everybody, for postponements, for if a quarantine comes up, um, just to give yourself that kind of peace of mind. You keep, but you are playing a really tight schedule. And part of that is, again, because I think – I almost think at this point, fall 2021 should be the number one priority. Get what you can out of this. If, and if you can make a, uh, a plan like this work, try to sneak it in and try to get into the playoff. But my, my big number one, the overall ri- overriding thing of all this is, so I guess that's, so October 10th means you'd have to start camp pretty soon. You'd have to start camp in like two weeks. Which is not viable. But go ahead, go ahead. Well, we can argue after. Get your plan. Out. Right. Right. Well, what I'm saying is you get up to the, that point. If it's not – this is my plan that I would put on paper right now. But if you get to that point, September 10th, September whatever, um, and you feel like you can't start practice, you pull the plug on everything and push back to your plan B, which is January. So you'd really be coming up with two plans. You would just move all of this back to January. Same things would apply. Same tight schedule because – the reason it has to be tight is because then it's even more important that it's tight because you want, you want to be able to play a full 2021 if you can. 
that's, I still think, the most important thing here, to get every team as much of a fall 2021 season as you can. But if you have both plans, I said all along, I said this when we were first talking about coronavirus stuff, and I think I've been pretty consistent with it. You've got to think outside the box on this. And I think this is the, one of the problems the Big Ten had was that it came up with one plan and then it swept that plan away five days later. And it has had, it had nothing else. It didn't have a backup to that plan. It still hasn't put another plan on the table. I don't understand why there weren't contingency plans in place. And I think that if you're going to schedule anything for this fall, anything for this fall, there has to be a contingency plan on top of that. You can't get into October and November and then cancel a season and then come back on top of that and say, well, we'll, we'll maybe we'll give us a couple of weeks. We'll come up with something else that that can't fly. And I think it's possible if you're creative enough, if you're proactive enough, you could come up with an, two plans, put the first one in motion. If it can't happen, and it, it now it, it may, you may, you may be right. It may be impossible to even get it started now because I, like I, like I told our Texas, you're going to need at least a three or four week run up to get um, a full preseason in. They may make everybody quarantine for 14 days before that. I don't know, but maybe not. I think if they'll, they'd have everybody come back and test for at the very least, that may lead to some quarantines, but it's going to be tough to get started by mid September. But if you can do it and if you can pull it off, then go forward with it. But I think it's it's more likely you would have to pull the plug and go back to the January plan. So here's my problem with that. I respect that having a plan B because it already puts you ahead of where the Big Ten was because they had no plan B. Um, but what I don't like is I think it's false hope to try to turn things around in mid-September when – well, I mean, we're recording this at 11.13 at night, so in 45 minutes it will be September 1st. And by the time you guys hear this, it will be September. First of all, with football, I don't think that's a viable thing to do. If we were talking about basketball, I'd be all on board because it's not necessarily as much steps and hoops you have to jump through to get ready to play an actual game physically. But more importantly, I think just looking at what the Big Ten did, they put out schedules and then 48 hours later they canceled the season. I think part of the reason fans didn't like it is, one, there was a cancellation of a season, but also they had this – false hope for 48 hours of, oh, yeah, we're going to play football, or at least we're going to try to do this, and then all of a sudden it was snatched away. And I think that's what the – it's the same scenario here where it's, listen, we're going to try our best to put ourselves in a position where we can be a part of the football playoff, knowing that if something goes wrong, you have to cancel, and you snatch it away anyway, and you're still – and you're all, then you're not playing for the playoff anyway because you're playing in January. So at some point you just have to rip the Band-Aid off and go, listen, that's not happening. We're not going to be competing with Clemson and Alabama anymore. Here's the next best thing instead of we start September 30th or October 5th or something like that. What, I don't even know if that's a Saturday. Who cares, though? And then two weeks later, you have to cancel, and now you have to wait another two or three months just to play a season. Instead, you can go, this is not happening. So here's the next best thing you can have to still have all of your full season with this team on paper, and then you can have the argument in any barbershop in the world of, should you were you the actually the better best team in college football and were you better than the team who actually won the national championship? You can have that. But at least now you don't mess up 2021 as badly as I think you would if you started in January and had to play through March. This way, in my plan, you start at the end of November, you're done by the second week of February at the latest. They don't start spring football practices until mid-March anyway. So you probably push that back a couple of weeks, but you'd still be on pace. And you're not giving false hope of something that might still not happen. Yeah, to, to me, it, I guess it's not so much about false hope. And some of this comes down to how 
how everybody looks at things. And there's like, I, you know, when the Big Ten put out a plan on August, uh, whatever that was, sixth, fifth or sixth, and said, um, here's our schedule, but hey, this whole thing may still end up blowing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I took that literally to be what they meant. And then when they yeah. blew it up five days later, um, I was surprised in terms of the finality of it. I was not surprised that the Big Ten decided that it couldn't go forward. Again, I, I think it. I think of it more as like, okay, here's plan A. Here's what we'd like to pull off. But if we get to – I think September 14th is a Monday. That's probably the day that I would – you could start camps on September 14th and, and get enough practices in to start games on October 10th if you were doing a nine, the nine-week thing that I proposed. And, and that's what, again, I'm building in just a lot of off days, but I, if you get to that September 14th and you get a vote like that 11 to three vote, if you get a vote that says there's a vast majority of the big 10 doesn't want to go forward, that's when you pull the plug. You don't keep it going forward through the whole fall. It's, it's done at that point. So really, I guess that if, if they had just done that, if they had postponed indefinitely, I think this is kind of the trajectory they might be on right now. They might have put a plan in place like that. But I also think that they would probably be looking around college football right now, as I said on the Monday pod, they'd be looking around college football right now. And even within the Big Ten, right, today, um, Iowa announcing, you know, there was it was a really interesting uh, few minutes, a few hours on Twitter today where you had a lot of Iowa State announced its uh, attendance plan. So you had a lot of snark from the Big Ten people like, well, Iowa State's going to have such and such fans and Iowa can't even play. And then within like a couple hours, it was like, Oh, hey, I, I was not practicing this week. I always got a bunch of COVID tests. Um, so it, it's happening within the Big Ten. It's certainly happening in the SEC and the Big 12 and the ACC. Not not widespread, wall-to-wall, everybody gets shut down, but it is happening. Their practice is getting interrupted, and the positive tests are happening. So I, I actually think that – and this may sound hypocritical. I think that the Big Ten, what I'm proposing, would probably actually get shot down pretty quickly. They would probably switch to the January version. But then in January, you would start in early January – you would still play six games over nine weeks. You'd wrap up. I didn't look, but that would either be the last week of February or the first week of March. And then you would probably play this theoretical Rose Bowl against Oregon. Um, and then you're still done in early March. And then you could – I think what would what I would be interesting is if the Big Ten could petition the NCAA in that case to have some kind of OTAs or something in the offseason to kind of bridge them between that season and the, the fall. I don't know if that's feasible to ask for. Um, they might try it. The, the NCAA has given teams some leeway because of, of things. But um, it, ultimately, I still think the most important thing is, is fall 2021. I think you want everyone to have a full fall 2021. I know that's not what Ohio State fans want to hear because Ohio State fans want to go try to win a national championship this fall because they can potentially win a national championship this fall. But the, the more pragmatic viewpoint from from my standpoint is if you're looking at it if you're designing something for the whole big 10 then giving the whole big 10 a full fall season is probably where you start and then move backward from there in your plan so how much of your plan incorporated the fact that you're just assuming that guys like justin fields and wyatt davis and josh myers aren't playing anyway yes that's that's absolutely a factor um, that I and I don't, I'm not even naming specific guys, but I think what we will find if the Big Ten puts forward certainly the January plan, and I think even if they put forward the Thanksgiving plan, I think that probably is a non-starter for a lot of these guys. I think a lot of these guys probably do what Jamar Chase just did, yeah. what you've seen other guys do, and just say, eh, I'm I, it's I I, I need to go. Um, there, there's there's legitimate reasons to go. I mean, you can start getting 
you start, you can start getting money. First of all, your agent can give you money at that point. You can start getting a lot of, you know, one-on-one, you know, private things, meals, training, everything. You don't have to go to class. You don't have to worry about passing classes. Like there's a lot, you get to not be a college kid anymore. You get to go really be an adult and get that started. I just, I, I feel like if, if, even if this Thanksgiving, even kind of like your idea, I think you would, you would not, you would have to not only be putting, setting aside the college football playoff. I think you'd also have to be setting aside that any of those guys really are going to play for not just Ohio state, but a lot of the best players that are left on a lot of the best teams, probably just taking a pass and, and moving on. So I, I, I think we've had this discussion before, whether we thought Justin Fields would play in January or not. I think I w- I said that yeah, I think he will play because of some of the things he'd been doing. Um, I think Jamar Chase opting out as a guy playing who was who would have had a fall season playing in the SEC um, changed that a little bit. I do think he probably wouldn't play in January, but I do think he would play in a November season because it does give him a little bit of space, you know, to still prepare for the NFL draft. But I do think the Jamar Chase opt out was a little shocking. I know Micah Parsons did it before the Big Ten you know, decision as well, but you know, Penn State's not beating Ohio, not winning a national championship in 2020 I don't think we all thought that that was going to happen anyway um I mean we don't know a lot about LSU they lost a lot but I mean Jamar Chase is still Jamar Chase um and we know about Jamar Chase I mean yeah we know about LSU's roster we know about they had a defensive tackle I think today who opted out as well right and so I mean who knows with with LSU they might shock everybody again and still be really good but I don't think anybody thought Penn State was going to compete for a national championship even if Michael Parsons did play um so, yeah, Jamar Chase opting out definitely changed my opinion of Justin Fields playing in January, which is also part of the reason why I'm really for a start after Thanksgiving season because you want to give those guys room and be able to make that argument of you're still going to have at least two months to prepare, which is, you know, I know it's not the January and February you would have also had, but that's still plenty of time. And, and what I proposed, I think, actually probably has no chance of happening and it's it was one of the we'll get to this in a second but it's it was it's similar to one of the things that was proposed by a lot of our texters I I think if the Big Ten had done the prudent thing in the first place that's probably what they would have put on paper and I think what's interesting about it we kind of talked about this Monday right like if they had put that on paper if they said you know what everything shuts down for a month we're going to pick this up again in September everybody else is going to start playing games we'll see how that is going while we're getting our um, non-contact practices going and then once or once they're doing contact practices and games and then that'll give us some additional um, data to work with and we will we'll get started middle of October we'll start playing games again if they had said that I don't think you'd be having a big outcry right now from parents and fans and um, the media who who are beating up on the Big Ten I think you would probably have people being like I think you'd probably have people defending the Big Ten frankly saying, boy, what are these other teams doing? Aren't, shouldn't they maybe be taking it a little bit more seriously yeah. or a little bit more cautious? And then um, – because then the Big Ten would still get to have it. You'd still get to have a season. You'd still get to play in the college football playoff. So – and then – but then when they did cancel it, which I think is probably what would happen, because, again, I think the scenario they're looking at right now is very similar to the scenario that they were looking at on August 11th. I think that they probably would still be getting some of that same criticism. So – I, I think that's uh, – if I were making the decision, I would kind of say I don't care what the public outcry is. I would just design it based on what I – again, getting a full 2021 – fall 2021 season if possible or as much of one as possible and then working back from there. And, and if that means you only get six games 
over a, a, several weeks to try to build in some, some extra time, then so be it. Which honestly shouldn't be a problem if we're living on the assumption that some of these guys who are playing in it, who are going to be NFL players in 12 months, aren't going to play anyway, because you know, then you're at that point, I don't, I mean, Nick Saban called it JV, and it probably is JV, but you're at least getting those guys some experience going into the next season. But speaking of plans, I, we marked it down that they would come out with a plan two weeks ago, and they still haven't come out with a plan yet. So that's the first step. And so if the plan is November, um, I'm going to be writing Kevin Warren a letter and tell him that they owe me some money because I did their job for them. Yeah, and it, the, the the actual plan for the Big Ten could be imminent. It could be any day. Um yeah, I you know I didn't expect it to come today. I kind of wasn't expecting it to come tomorrow, but now um, some other things have shuffled around that we thought might be coming tomorrow. Some other uh, things around Ohio State um, sounds like is not coming tomorrow. So that makes me wonder if that will come tomorrow. I don't know. Yeah. Tomorrow being Tuesday when you're all listening to this because we're recording it Monday. Sorry, I'm getting my days mixed up a little bit. But um, so I guess just you know follow us on if you don't have the texts yet six one four three five zero three three one five. That's where. All day today, the first thing I was doing was, uh, yeah, hey, here's an update on Haskell Garrett. Hey, here is something that just came from the Big Ten. Like, all that goes to our texters first. It's You guys are our, our first line of reporting, and then we get in and start writing stuff, and we worry about Twitter at the end of the day, um, the very end of the process. So, uh, again, 614-350-3315, free two-week trial, and uh, see if you like it. A lot of people do. So stick around with us. After one more break, we are going to get into what our texters said uh, their preferred Big Ten football plan is. Stay tuned. All right, we're back. Uh, I'm going to read a couple. Uh, the overwhelming majority were people who came up with what I did, which was um, something that like starts pretty soon. Start, start, resume camp pretty soon. And then try to play games as early as you can in October and get as many games in. That's where it differed a little bit from what I was proposing, but get as many games in as you can, you know, at a full, at least eight games, if not a full 10 game, 12 game season, uh, playing straight through and getting into the college football playoff and having as much of a normal season as possible. Uh, I'm skeptical that that would happen. Um, but it also doesn't surprise me that that's the preferred thing that most people would want to see now. I think we saw that in the results from what we saw from Doug. Um, the poll that he did over the weekend that there were a pretty significant portion of people who either are who either think it can be played safely or think that it's worth taking the risk. Um, I I'd lean towards taking the risk just because I think fans just want to see football. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's I think there <laughs> right now everything is colored by the fact that they're seeing yeah. the SEC try, they're seeing the ACC try, they're seeing the Big Twelve try. So that's why I think there's some impatience here, and I guess my plan includes a little bit of it too. But it's like it's it's you know these other schools are playing, we're get, they're getting through it. You're not seeing you know with very 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 rare cases, you're not seeing people hospitalized and and, and have serious illnesses yet. So. That's why I think people are saying let's let's move forward and try. I think that's also though the least likely thing to happen. I know that's similar to what my proposal, the first half of my proposal is, but it, it's it's I, I just don't see it happening. Here is one from uh, Dave K in the three three zero. I think that if the Big Ten starts a third weekend in October, 
That will give them enough time to prepare for an eight-game season, along with watching and learning from the other conferences that start ahead of them. With two bye weeks included, that'll roll you right into bowl season, and if the CFP committee allows them in, it would set up nicely for the playoffs with essentially no layoff weeks. It wouldn't give any conference much time to prepare for their playoff opponent, but given the timing and the lesser number of games, the Big Ten might have an advantage. I, I, there was a, One of the things that was out there a lot was um, start by on, on X date, and play X number of games and just play straight through. Don't worry about the bye weeks. I think anything you come up with at this point, there have to be some weeks built in because just of the unpredictability of what this is. That's where I can I can get with your your confidence in the in playing through the virus to a certain extent. I think that's the one that would have to be tweaked. Any plan would have to include some sort of leeway for the conference to be able to have if you have one team that has an outbreak just being able to tweak it a little bit and move them back and, and keep moving forward with everybody else's games. But also are we forgetting that these kids are playing football and even in a normal world, you have to have a week off of, you know, going full speed at another grown man and, you know, colliding into him. Well, in a lot of seasons you will go sometimes eight, nine weeks in a row with games you don't always have double bye weeks in the course of a season like no it doesn't have to season. be it doesn't have to be a double bye week in a season but there's at least one bye week for every the double bye week is rare it comes what every three or four years just because how things work out but there's at least one bye week and this isn't high school where you just play straight through right but in like this coming in the original 12 game schedule that ohio state had this year didn't they have there's three or four games and then a bye and then they played the rest of the season right yeah so yeah, that, if, you're, if you're proposing like an eight-week season, I guess I understand why you might think it's feasible. I think it is feasible in a normal world. I think it is not feasible in a COVID-19 world. I just think in a situation where you're also trying to rush this and it's kind of a condensed preseason to prepare for this, um, the extra bye week would help when you're talking about the product you're going to see on the field, along with the fact that, yes, we are in the middle of a pandemic that nobody knows what's going on yet. So, I mean, I just think in, with a condensed preseason to prepare for things, you're asking for injuries. So, again, like the, the most popular thing, and I didn't, I didn't tally this up. I didn't read them all. I appreciate it. I read all of the, I did read them all. I didn't, uh, like, score them all as far as um, exactly who wanted to start October 3rd, October 10th, whatever. Um, but I appreciated everybody's responses. That was I, by far the overwhelming was kind of a very typical fall schedule was, okay, just start immediately, play as soon as possible, play as many games as possible, Big Ten championship game, let's get in the college football playoff, everything will kind of be normal. There were some other people who had, I thought, some interesting takes, though, and I want to get in some of the more unique angles that people came up with. Um, so uh, here's one from the 419. My preference would be to start a nine-game season October 3rd and play as many games as possible, recognizing there may be some imbalance. Give each team up to 20 practices, 15 with full pads, from next Monday until the 3rd. That's one where I, there's an NCAA-mandated um, – some, some NCAA-mandated schedule stuff that I think would have to be built into any preseason, but uh, that's me talking uh, – going back to their proposal. After the regular season, let the ADs in both divisions select the teams from their divisions to play in the Big Ten Championship game on December 5th. The winner is the Big Ten champion and likely qualifies for a shot at a four-team national championship tournament. Oh, man, if you think we just had VoteGate over shutting things down, imagine, <laughs> imagine VoteGate when, like, four teams from the West go 7-2 uh, and two and they've got to vote on who goes to the Big Ten championship yeah. game. No. 
That's no. Let, let's. I like where their head is at, but no, let's not do that. Now, again, one of the things they're saying is that you you set up nine games and everybody plays as much as they can, but some teams will just have to cancel games, and that's the way it is. That's kind of what they're saying. I think that's a there, there's some practicality in that approach, um, but I think you would have to have something besides a vote that decided it. We, I, I think it was a good thing when we got away from the days where like the 80s could get together and yeah. decide who goes to the Rose Bowl or whatever. Um, they they call they refer to those sorts of things kind of as the Stone Ages for a reason. Um, here's one from the 216. This is uh, his proposal, his or her proposal for a Big 12, Big 10 versus Pac-12 tournament. Um, we would still play Oregon and include teams such as USC, Washington, Utah while preserving rivalries. After the agreed upon number of games are played, have the top two teams in the Big 10 and the Pac-12 play a two-game playoff with the championship game played at the higher ranked school stadium. So that's like, instead of just having the Big 10 play each other, throw both of these leagues together and like, I think maybe kind of ratchet up the showcase element of this a little bit. Great entertainment wise, but not in the middle of a pandemic where you're asking for more variable. I understand you want to keep it as regional as possible because then you can have as much control as possible. You can't have that much control. If you're going to send Ohio state to Oregon or Michigan to Washington or something like that, that's we're in a pandemic people. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think that if in, in my, in my concept, if you scrub the fall and you move it to January, assuming that the PAC 12 might do the same, this might be a thing you would set up in concert with the PAC 12. Um, then you do that Rose bowl idea then, cause you're out of the playoff scenario at that point. Um, and, and we've talked you know, when, with Doug on here too, about um, how that could and could not work. He talked with Ralph Russo about those sorts of things. So, um, I think that's where the Pac-12 crossover makes sense. I don't think a season-long crossover makes sense, but I appreciate that that more creative way to look at it um, and kind of make it a, a more um, a national thing rather than keeping it tight within the Big Tw- Ten. Um, from the 954, if they're not playing in the fall, I think the best course of action is setting up three or four televised spring scrimmages. Have one a month with random teams from January to April. The reason being is I can't wrap my head around there being a winter spring season that doesn't impact fall 2021. And I'd rather COVID only impact one season and not two. Also having a game once a month limits travel and doesn't alter their spring weight training as much. And that's actually a really interesting idea. If you can't have a fall, if you can't have a, if you cannot be in the playoff and you're at that point, and it's just a TV money grab thing almost uh, to some extent because you all of the best players leave and you're just trying to get um, some games in and get some of that revenue. Maybe this is a, a, a reasonable approach to that. I mean, you get um, a handful of games for every team, um, but you also get to kind of maybe have your usual spring along with that, which is a different kind of development. I don't, you'd have to talk to coaches about how that balances together or whatever. I just thought that that was an interesting approach because again, I, that the, the, the foremost thought on that is fall 2021 is the most important thing. So it's not, I kind of like it. I think what if everybody just played one game then? And there's where you get your crossover with the Pac-12. Instead um, of a spring game, instead of your spring game, you play an actual yeah, spring. Game because the, yeah, that because takes some whole, reps away from guys. but It does. But the whole point of this, let's just be honest here, the whole point of the spring game is it's the final practice of the spring and you know, fans get to come watch it and it's entertaining and you get to see kind of a first look preview six months ahead of what your Ohio State team might look like. But it's not, you know, 
they're not tackling. It's stud tackling. It's, it's, it's more for the entertainment value than it is an actual competitive game. So what if instead of that, you know, Ohio State plays Oregon or, you know, Wisconsin plays UCLA, whatever, they just go to it. They play at a neutral site. And that's where you get your crossover. You meet, meet, maybe you go to Jerry's World or something. I don't know. But you, you get, that's where you get your crossover. And every, that's your, that, that replaces the spring game just in case we're in a situation where, you know, the world's getting back to normal, but it's still not safe enough to have fans at games. The other thing about the domes, I meant to bring this up earlier. The other thing about the domes is people keep saying, uh, I guess you were one of them, says, hey, yeah. how about Indianapolis, Minneapolis, Detroit? I mean, those NFL teams will still be playing in December and January, and some of them will be trying to play home games in the playoffs potentially in December and January, and some of those are on Saturdays. So I'm not sure how – I'm not sure how feasible that's, that – get, that, it becomes a kind of a scheduling headache to me, right? I mean, no, yes and no, because Ohio State played TCU in Jerry's World the next day the Cowboys had a home game. So it's – if you play but it, two But games, that, was a, that was a regular season game and a regular season scheduled home game. The playoffs are – you can't predict them ahead of time. You don't no, know who's going to play where and on what day now in I mean, the playoffs. yeah, that, that's just a conversation with the NFL and not having – yeah, I mean that's just it's got it, yeah. There's gonna be some part of this you're gonna have to figure out, and maybe you figure that out where you know those games are on Sundays. I mean, I would imagine that those those venues may be. I don't know if the NFL contractually makes them keep those dates open. They may. I mean, so you don't yeah. have like some kind of you know you or can't have a Jimmy you, Buffett Jimmy Buffett concert at Lucas Oil Stadium on a day where you might have to host a playoff game yeah. or whatever. Or maybe you play them on Fridays. Who knows? Maybe, yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe the Big Ten just makes the adjustment. Yeah, yeah. Because you're not going to have fans there anyway, so it it would be somewhat easy to make the adjustment. We assume there would be no fans there. Um, uh, From the 909, okay, if there's going to be no meaningful season and it really boils down to an exhibition year, I suggest we play Michigan in a three-game series. Two at Ohio Stadium because it's our year. I'm sure we can win at least two of those, and seniors will have the added pleasure of shortening the series gap. That's from Sandus Kid. Is that supposed to be Sandusky? I don't know. I hope not. Uh, I, that, that's interesting. Again, it, it kind of goes, if you're ditching things, um, could Ohio State just come up with – could Ohio State and Michigan just decide to play each other? Um, they, it sounded like that was something that people were trying to float out there for the fall when the fall was first canceled, right? That like, oh, maybe just a handful of teams will decide to get together and play. Um, interesting. Probably couldn't happen. Yeah. I don't hate it, though, actually. It, it's it interesting. Gets, if, if, of all the reason they get up for three straight games, that's what it is. Because in a world where you're not playing for a national championship, Michigan has an opportunity to beat Ohio State three times, and Ohio State has a chance to beat Michigan three times. So it's a way to make things interesting in a t- time where you're not playing for a trophy. I will say I would listen to the argument that football is not really conducive to um, playing – an opponent three times in rapid succession like that um, in a short amount of time, like not, not the same way, like in baseball, you're going to see three different pitchers or whatever. And in basketball, it's, it's a different thing, but like, I don't know, football, that, that football, the same guys beating on each other three weeks in a row or whatever. I don't know. That could be, that would be interesting. It would be, no. Okay. It would be fun to watch Ryan day have to come up with three different offensive game plans though. That would be interesting to watch. Here's somebody who took my, my concept of, of spreading things out and then took it to another notch. So from the 650, 
uh, start Thanksgiving weekend, prioritize high-level matchups at the start of the season. So, AKA, start with OSU versus Michigan on week one, which would then also be the regular day for it. So, bonus, because it would be Thanksgiving Day. Uh, assume the need to quarantine after each game played. So, space games out 10 to 14 days. With this schedule, eight games can be played from November to early March. No conference title games, committee moves, championship, and other key matchup bowl games to the end of March. No real playoff this year, just one versus two. I'm assuming that all of college football is going to get slammed here pretty soon and will need a massive delay. If that happens, I think all conferences could move to the schedule and it would, could be a fair year across the board. If you believe that, if you believe there's going to be chaos and, and programs, are just going to, programs and leagues are just going to cancel games and cancel their fall seasons, uh, maybe something like this would work. Uh, what doesn't work is the idea that the committee will do something to make things easier for the Big Ten or for whatever conferences have canceled. I mean, if enough conferences cancel, they'll have to. But, like, as it, is, as it stands right now, I don't see the college football playoff um, on its regular timeline or coming up with a new timeline bending over backwards to help the Big Ten. No, not for one conference, just because, you know. Well, two also. You got the Pac-12, but. Yeah, I don't really care about Pac-12. This is about Ohio State. Let's just be honest here. They would be bending themselves over backwards so Ohio State can once again be a part of the national championship conversation. Um, and I don't think they're going to do that. From the yeah, from the four four three, make a bubble in Indianapolis. Play one or two games each day, spacing out the schedule so each team had at least five to six days to recover. Many underground and sky sky walkways to Lucas Oil Stadium. Reduced contact outsiders, which is true if you've ever covered anything in in Indianapolis. Uh, there's kind of a series of of sky bridges and stuff that connect a lot of the hotels down there to Lucas Oil Stadium to the convention center. Um, Players can continue to take classes virtually like many college students are doing right now. None of the teams would have to travel. Indy is built for this. This is Jen in the 410 texting from the 443 about the 317, which is Indianapolis. So um, interesting. That would really take your bubble up a notch, right? You're, you're making Indianapolis a bubble. Again, I don't know if Indianapolis can um, – if, if the NFL moves forward, the Colts have some of those dates spoken for. But um, an interesting concept. I, I, I just I, – I don't know if um, – you know, we saw today the NCAA supposedly trademarking the battle for the bubble or whatever it was out there. And I, I thought that might have had oh, more to do with basketball than football. But it, I, I don't know if, if they're ready to pull the trigger for a bubble scenario for football. Number one, you're talking about a whole lot more players yeah. being – continuously confined in a city for sort of an indefinite period of time. Right. Like I just, I don't know how that works. A place like Ohio state could travel back and forth pretty easily. I suppose um, a place like Nebraska or Rutgers or Minnesota could not do that quite as easily. I think that's why for that, but also because these are in NFL stadiums, you would have to use three places, which is why the idea of not even just keeping them in the bubble, but, the idea of you play East versus East in one place, you play West versus West in another, and then you have crossovers in, you know, Detroit just because it's in the middle of the other two, you know, stadiums. And so, I mean, some teams are still going to have to travel further than others, but that that's just is what it is. I, I can't change how the globe is manufactured here. But the idea – and it also – it's less games at a certain spot, so it's less you have to maneuver around. I think it's easier for an NFL team to work around, okay, there's only two games – uh, every week that you have to think about instead of maybe four or five or six games a week. But if the Lions only have to think about, you know, Ohio State is playing Nebraska this week or Indianapolis only has to think about Michigan versus Michigan State 
or, you know, Minnesota only has to worry about, you know, Minnesota versus Iowa. That's a lot easier than having to figure out everybody. And then it's not really – it's just a bubble for basically that Friday night going into the Saturday game. The last one here from the 513 as we wrap up, um, Big Ten teams are only, top teams in each division, based on last year, get a bye. Week one, you'd have rivalry week. Week two, it'd be two versus seven, three versus six, four versus five. Week three, then those teams that had the byes get in and play the winners of those previous games, um, or I guess just the, the champion from each division. Then you'd have week four be a divisional championship. Week five is Super Bowl Saturday. You would have what they termed an all-Big Ten game. So all the stars from the East against the West and the stars from the teams that are going to play for the Big Ten championship sit out. So it would be kind of like the old Pro Bowl where the Super Bowl teams didn't send teams, send players, but you'd have an all-star game from the rest of the Big Ten. And then week six, you would have a Big Ten championship on February 13th. Interesting idea. I like this. I, I don't hate this. I love this, actually. It's, I mean, it's not feasible. They're not actually going to do this, but <laughs> – I do. It's a Big Ten tournament, just in football. Here's what I like about it. It's tight. So, again, you're, you're done by February 13th. Yeah. You, you probably get to have then building off of that some kind of a spring. Um, your guys wouldn't get that beat up just over a five- or six-game schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, and, again, it's, it's really – and not everybody would even be playing that many games. You'd only have the championship teams that play that many games. Most teams, it might just be one game that you get, and now you just move on to your spring. Um, it's not – It's for. I'll give it a lot of um, credit for creativity, but I also give it some credit for maybe being uh, realistic because if you're getting into this January idea, and again, if all the player, the best players are gone, then just make it as much of a unique showcase idea as you can and, and, and bring the spotlight back to the Big Ten. Uh, now, what this does take out, though, is, again, what we theorized about, well, if the Big Ten and Pac-12 play – that you get to have some sort of poll for the winter and maybe there could be some sort of a national championship conversation at the end of it. This would really take that completely off the table. Um, I, I, I just, that may be something that we all should be um, setting aside right now at this point anyway, though. I, I don't know how feasible that is at this point. Yeah. I don't care about anything that has to do with anything that's going on in the fall. Uh, you, you, that can't go into the sinking of all this. This is a weird year in the big 12 impact 12 or, Big 10 and Pac-12 are put in a weird position. And so you have to operate that way. And so the idea of basically having a Big 10 tournament based off of the standings from last year, yeah, that's fine because then you're right. Some teams are going to play one or two games and some teams are going to play four or five games. But then you get back to normal when things get back to normal, but you can chalk it up to this was a weird year, so we tried something weird. I think it draws a little bit of interest because it's new and it's different. And once again, it's about finding a way to make things – you know, worth playing. And I think in a situation where you're win- it's win or go home every single weekend is something that's worth playing and also worth watching as just an average fan. And that's what you have to do right now. So of all the plans that were read on this podcast, I think actually yours might be the one that's the most likely to happen. Um, obviously, I picked the most unique ones from our texters. I thought the ones that had that were most different from anybody else's and had some some interesting angles to look at this. I think mine is not going to work because of the same reason it didn't work in the first place. Um, and it it really is one that they I, I think if they again if you voted against football in August, you're going to vote against it right now too, based on the climate that's out there. So um, I think yours is maybe the most. The, the one that's going to be the closest to being right. 
All right, that's going to wrap up this episode of Buckeye Talk. I'm Nathan Baird. He was Stephen Means. Try the text, 614-350-3315. There will be more news this week on Ohio State. There will be at some point a schedule come out. We do expect to know more about Ohio State's athletics budget this week. Um, We'll keep you up to date on anything else going on with the Haskell Garrett situation. Um, Anything else we find out. But that's going to do it for today. Uh, Wednesday's podcast, I think we're going to do a rapid fire So if you hear this early Tuesday morning, be on the lookout sometimes Tuesday, uh, probably pretty early Tuesday, I'll send out a call for your rapid fire questions. Try to stay away from, will Kevin Warren be fired today or tomorrow? We don't know. (laughs) It's probably not going to happen. Obviously, I don't think he's going to be fired at all. Try to, I mean, anything, we're actually probably going to steer into, away from this kind of conversation, away from what we had on Monday's pod, if there's anything else that you want to throw at us, somebody was asking us, you know, especially uh, things that aren't necessarily just football things. If you got basketball questions for Steven, um, we'll definitely take those too. Um, we're just looking to, to kind of shake things up in the middle of the week uh, before we get into probably some more news later on this week. So look for that text early Tuesday morning and that'll do it for today. And that was Buckeye Talk.